Turn your attention to John chapter 7, and we begin reading in verse 37, and we want to read uh, through verse 38 and conclude with verse 39. John chapter 7 and verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, when I read that, I immediately thought the month December. The last month of the year, it's a lot of feasting going on. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And, and then the next verse is in parentheses as an explanation of the previous two verses. So that it was not misinterpreted what this living water represented flowing out of our innermost being. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Wasn't the right time. Jesus had not yet ascended and gone back into heaven. So this living water, this outpouring of his spirit, was not yet given. But that's not the case for us today. We are smack dab in the middle of the outpouring of God's spirit. And so this morning I want to speak on this very basic, simple subject. The time is right. The time is right. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're thankful for your presence, thankful for your spirit, thankful for your word. Thankful, God, that we can come into your house and declare your name one more time. Pray your anointing, Lord, upon all of your people. Anoint us, God, to speak the word without fear. Let us, God, exalt you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. You don't have to uh, live that long on this earth, although I will say that I do think that long life is a gift. I do. I, I was talking the other day with my wife, and we were commenting about people that live to be um, into their 90s, especially men. We were talking about you know the passing of uh, uh, George H.W. Bush. Uh, I think he was 94 that, that passed uh, just a couple days ago. And uh, what, what a blessing that is that a person can live uh, that long and, and to still be jumping out of airplanes at 80 years old. You know, you just can't help but admire somebody that can do that. I, don't, I did it one time, and uh, I said, okay, that's enough. I don't need to do that anymore. Jumped down at 2,000 feet over the Hoover Dam out west and and landed and uh, was so thankful that I hope I never have to jump out of a perfectly good airplane again. But what a blessing that someone can live that long. And we were talking about her grandfather who's in his 90s and her grandmother fell and uh, broke a part of her femur and, and hip joint during uh, Thanksgiving, in fact on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, is in rehab now and he's trying to adjust and my father-in-law is there taking care. And we were just talking about all the challenges, you know, as you get older, and, and what a blessing it is. Her grandfather is in his 90s and is still in fairly good health, and 
Just what a blessing that is if, if a man can get into his 90s. What a blessing that is. Uh, the Bible says we're only given 70 years. I think everything else that we have after 70 is just a reward for good behavior. Have you ever played a video game and you get extended time, you know, for, for playing good and doing well? Well, I think God gives us everything above 70 as just a blessing, you know. And my wife and I were talking about this, and I said, can you imagine in the Bible there were men routinely before the flood that lived to be 900 years old? I said, can you imagine living to be 900? She said, no, I can't. I'm not sure that I want to. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to live that long on earth to, to find out that indeed we have to take advantage of the moment when it strikes. And I think most of the time when you and I are out of the will of God, it's usually because we're ahead. We have a shelf life, and so we're constantly thinking in terms of, of uh, we got to do it now, we got to do it now. And the Lord looking at everything in this great big picture of eternity never seems to be in a real hurry. And yet here we are quickly moving through all of the different assignments and the different obligations and responsibilities that we have on a daily basis. But we do understand that there are certain seasons and certain moments that when they come together, when the planets align, so to speak, you, you have to take advantage of the moment. I remember as a boy um, wanting to try to find that right time when I could uh, approach my father and start negotiating for an allowance. And one of the things that I learned was that it was never a good time to do that while he was paying bills. In fact, it wasn't good to bring up anything about money during that couple of hours, uh, anything that related at all. And, and so you would have to wait for that moment, that convenient season. Of course, my sister and I learned that from our mother as well because my mother would take us shopping, and women are very good at shopping. They, they know how to navigate the malls and the stores. And when you watch them, they just they move very carefully. They're just like, they're like pro football players. They got a design play. They know their assignment. And they go, and it's just perfect. It's, it's harmonious. It's like an orchestra. Everybody's hitting their notes. There's all of this crescendo. And then you watch men, and we wander around like we're on another planet. We don't know. I'm looking for this one item, where's that store, and we're all lost. But my mother, uh, she was uh, very good and continues to be so at shopping. And so she would take my sister and I, and we would get some items that, of course, as children we felt were a necessity, usually involved new clothes or shoes or something we had grown out of. And so I would be excited, we would get these packages, we would put them in the trunk, and then when we would get to the house, they would stay in the trunk. And I would say, you know, the shoes are still in the trunk, Mom. And she's like, yeah, they're fine. Just leave them there for right now. And I'm like, well, do you need me to go out and get them and I can bring them in? And no, she's like, that's fine. They'll be okay. And the next day, have we got those lightning bolt shirts out of the trunk yet? No, nobody here under 30 knows what a lightning bolt shirt is, but was a big deal when I was a kid, having a lightning bolt shirt or a hang tin shirt. Is there any old timers that still remember that was, you were really cool <laughs> when you had some of those items. 
And so I wanted to wear them. I wanted to take them to school. Where are they? They're still in the trunk. Why are they still in the trunk? It took me years to realize that my mother was waiting for the right time for them to appear in the house. Because as soon as they did, my dad would be like, oh, we got some new clothes, did we? He could wear the same thing for 30 years, but we were different. We had to wait, wait for that right timing. You probably heard it said, you know, get it while the getting is good. And one of the things, if we've learned anything about Christmas, it is that this is that season to receive and to give. But it is more than just the season of Christmas. This is the right time for receiving the greatest gift that God has ever given mankind. The gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. What a great God we serve that gives us the gift of His essence. And you know, we have this human spirit that we are born with. And one could argue that that is the greatest gift. The gift of life. The fact that you and I are sitting here today and we are breathing air and we are alive and what a great gift that is because you don't get that without God's favor. No, you're not just born by some sort of biological accident. There is a God that breathes the breath of life into every living creature. So if you can breathe air today, you ought to thank God that He's already been exceptionally good to you. And you could say that that initial gift is the greatest gift, but even that gift has a shelf life as we have already illustrated. But there is this gift of eternal life that comes by the Holy Spirit and the gift of his Holy Spirit, the gift of eternal life, is indeed the greatest gift. That you and I can stand in His presence and lift up our hands and feel His anointing and know that God is nigh unto us. Now one of the things that we know, if we look at this, we understand, even as Jesus illustrated, that we were born again. When you're born the first time of a natural birth, there is a human spirit that is given to you. But when you are born again of a spiritual life, you have that Holy Ghost power pulsating through your veins, through every member of your body, through every fiber and every muscle and every sinew. There is that saturation, as it were, of the anointing of God's Spirit. That, I believe, I can make a case this morning, is the greatest gift that mankind has ever received from an eternal God. But if we were to illustrate it from the natural, because I believe the natural illustrates the spiritual, we understand the first birth. We understand the timing of that. The father and the mother and perhaps siblings that begin to prepare the house and, and to get the little bag ready and to get the room ready and to get... Uh, ready for that big day, that moment. We know it's not yet, but it is coming. And, 
and friends and neighbors and people get excited with you and announcements are sent out and pictures and, and with all of this modern medical technology we learn the gender and so the room is painted blue or green and, and you get the book out and you start looking at names and there's all of this and people say, oh, it's going to be any day now, you know, and people look at you at church and they wonder, well, it could happen today, you know, and everybody's telling you, but only the mother knows. When the moment is right. And when she looks at her husband and says, Now is the time. Ladies and gentlemen, don't argue with that moment. It is the right time. Get the bag, honey. Get the car. We're going. Where are we going? We are going to the hospital. This is the moment we've been waiting for. This is the time that we have been preparing for. I submit to you today that I feel in the spirit realm that this is the day that we have been preparing for. This is the moment that God has given us as a church of the apostolic message in this 21st century to stand up and to say, God, today is the day of salvation. I'm not going to miss the moment. We're not going to slumber. We're not going to sleep. We're not going to be preoccupied. But we are going to lift up our heads for our redemption draweth nigh. Eternal life is similar to the gift of life. There is this season. There is this time. And, and in the text that we read, it was not yet time for the Spirit to be given. Because the Bible says that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, I admit to you today that this has always been curious to me. Why? Why could the Holy Ghost not be given while Jesus was on this earth? We know that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. We know He was in heaven and on earth. And Why couldn't the Holy Ghost also be poured out on humanity? I don't believe for a moment that it was because... It was impossible because all things are possible with God. But I believe it was because the timing was not right. The Holy Ghost first came as a comforter. It was to comfort them after Jesus had ascended. It was to give them a comfort that though your master has gone back into heaven, you are not being left with the short straw. You are not somehow being left in a lurch. But this is just a transition. This is a graduation, as it were. You are moving from a time when you walked with Jesus that the Spirit of Christ is going to be in you and flowing through you. So the first purpose of the Holy Spirit was to comfort. There wouldn't really need to be a comforter while Jesus was here. He was comforting. He was healing. He was giving power. He was teaching. But when he ascended, he sent his spirit. And the spirit was a comforter. I've heard people say, oh, I wish I lived in the days of the Bible where Jesus was walking and, and this and that. And I thought, yes, that would have been amazing. But guess what? We're not shortchanged right here in 2018 because 
the time is right that the Spirit of God has been given to all humanity. This is the day. This is the moment. This is the season. God has given us a great gift and it is the outpouring of His Spirit. The second thing that we learned about the Spirit is that it would give power. What kind of power? It would give power. He even told his disciples, greater works than these shall ye do. What are these? These, the ones that I've done. Greater works than these shall ye do. He was referring to the Spirit of God. He was going to give them power and authority. And you see that. The New Testament church shows that the power that Christ had given to the church through the Holy Ghost was not diminished in any capacity. In fact, I would say... To the words of Christ, it could have even been magnified because in Jesus' earthly ministry, he touched them and they were made whole. But then we see that when they brought the sick out of the streets, they hoped that Peter's shadow, just his shadow, would pass over those sick relatives that were lame or blind or had halted withered hands or maybe even had leprosy. They just wished that the shadow would pass by. We'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this Holy Ghost is a powerful thing. Don't ever underestimate what God has deposited in your spirit. This is not just something that has been made up because of some uh, ancient belief mechanism. This is not some hype from emotionally dependent citizens of this nation. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the spirit of God that changes us from the inside out. It matters not where you're from. It matters not your nationality, who you are, your socioeconomic level. He is a mighty God. He is great and greatly to be praised. And then we read that this New Testament church shows that the Spirit of God, this Holy Ghost power, brought great joy, comfort, power. And joy. Those were not just for the church in the book of Acts. They're for us today. Comfort. Joy. Power. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And you don't feel that peace that surpasses all understanding. Power. Power to live above sin. You don't have that comfort or that power. Or even that joy. That abundance of joy. That even though everything may be falling apart around you, there's something within you that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Abundant life. Unspeakable joy. It's not because God is withholding it. Because this time is the right time. This is the season for all of those things to be fulfilled in our lives. If we do not experience that then we must examine our own life it's not because we're in the wrong dispensation it's not because we have somehow missed the boat we serve a god that's still healing he's still delivering he's still setting the captive free he's still delivering from drugs he is a god hallelujah that can break any addiction of the flesh it's not because god is lacking in power it's because i have got to align my will with his will how do we do that the Syrophoenician woman came asking for a touch and the Lord said it's not time it's not the right time 
dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. But her humility and hunger changed the clock. This is what I love about God. Hunger and humility can change the clock. We said this in the earlier service. I believe with all of my heart, and I believe I can show you this in Scripture, that God can literally change the clock of when He plans on coming back based on the prayers and the cries of the church. The Bible says no man knows the day or the hour, but it could be that God's got a spot picked out. He's got a date picked out. But guess what happens? When God's people get together and begin to pray, even so, come Lord Jesus. Come quickly, we pray. I've come to tell you that hunger and humility will change the clock of God. It may be that God's got a blessing in your future, but you say, God, I can't wait another day. I can't wait another moment. I've got to have it right now. And hunger and humility will speed up the clock of God. The Bible has a lot of examples of the manifestations of this principle. We read in John chapter 5 that there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market this pool. It's called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. It was a series of five porches. It's still uh, there today has been excavated. A lot of it is even visible, obviously in ruin after all these years. But still there is this spring that came underneath and you see that and water that came up in these pools. And the Bible tells us that there was a great multitude of sick folks that would come and, and they would be put around the pool. Some of them were blind, halt, withered. They were waiting because there was a certain season when there was a moving of the water. And when the water was troubled, the Bible describes it as a certain season. When the time was right. When the moment was right. A certain season. When it came, you had to strike while the iron is hot old-fashioned saying the Bible says that whoever then was first into the trouble in the water was made whole regardless of what disease they had and so people would come and they would lay and hang and around that area they would wait for that troubling the water but the Bible says that the Lord came upon a man that had an infirmity 38 years it doesn't describe necessarily what the infirmity was but when Jesus came, he said, Will thou be made whole? He was still hanging around. I don't know if it was the off-season. I don't know if the waters had already been troubled and everybody had left except this man. But he was still there waiting for the right time. Waiting for the waters to be troubled. Not realizing that the one who troubled the waters... The one that could walk on troubled waters had come his way. And when Jesus comes your way, it's always the right time. Regardless of what situation you're in, you don't have to wait for a more convenient season. You don't have to have an excuse of getting everything together before you come to God. If Jesus is here, it's the right time. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Would you lift your hands and your voices?
God Almighty. Woo, I feel waters be in trouble. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You want to be made whole? Jesus asked me. He said, I don't have anybody. I don't have a man to put me in the water. Jesus said, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. While this man's trying to figure out the right path to take and how to get some help, Jesus just says, take up your bed and walk. It was time. It was the right time. It was the time to get your healing. It was the time to get your miracle. The thing that made it a time to get was the fact that Jesus was present. Jesus is in the house. It's the right time. He's teaching and all those people are all around him in Capernaum and people are being healed. And these four friends bring this man on a bed and he's lame and he, he can't fit through the crowd and he can't walk and, and they stand on the outside. We wish we could help you, Johnny. We just, there's no way. The crowd, and about that time, somebody comes bouncing out of the house. Whoa, what's up? I was blind, but now I see. Somebody comes out and leprosy has disappeared and they're shouting. And the lame man said, you got to get me in there. I don't know how y'all going to do it, but y'all have to figure it out. I got to get it. What are we going to do? There's no way. There's too many people. There's no possible way. And he looks up. What about the roof? Go to the roof. We'll tear off part of that roof. It doesn't look that sturdy anyhow. We'll go up there and we'll pull it. The, and then you can just drop me. That. We can't do that. We'll violate all the OSHA laws. There's no way you could fall off. Well, what if I do? What am I going to do? Fall off and get hurt? Not be able to walk? I'm already lame. Can I ask you a question today? What do you have to lose to give God a chance in your life? What do you have to lose? If Jesus is in the house, there's power in the house. If Jesus is in the house, there is joy in the house. If Jesus is in the house, there is comfort. There is peace. What do you got to lose? And the roof comes off when they're lowering down. Jesus never, he never ever scolded them. But instead, not only was this man healed, but his sins were forgiven also because it was the right time. The right time. The presence of Christ plus the hunger of humanity equals the right time. The presence of Jesus plus the hunger of humanity equals the right time. It doesn't matter what capacity. You're going to find excuses. I'm going to find excuses. Humanity is full of reasons. But it's the right time to be saved. You don't need to wait for a more convenient season. It's the right time. After Jesus had gone to Calvary, been crucified, the disciples were discouraged. Peter said, I go a fish, and they all went out on an all-night fishing trip. Caught no fish. You can't ever leave Christ and go out there and think you're somehow going to be fulfilled. You're going to have empty nets, empty lives, 
They didn't know what else to do. We thought we put all of our trust in him. Now what? He's gone. Fished all night and caught nothing. But the Lord appears just before daybreak. It's the right time. Hey, you caught anything? Who is that? Looks like Jesus. It must be a ghost. Oh, it can't be. Maybe it is our Lord. Throw your nets on the other side. We have fished all night. We have thrown, we have thrown our nets on every side of this boat. But it's the right time right now for you to throw your net on the other side of the boat. I don't know what you've done in the past, but it's the right time. Preacher, I'd go down to the altar, but I've, I've tried it before, but it's the right time. There's a God that's going to give you something extra special today. It's the right time to throw your net out one more time. You don't know what? My God is a God of abundance that can give you more than you can even imagine. Whoa, hallelujah. I've been faithful, God. I've been trying to do the right thing. Seems like I just go bringing in empty nets. But I hear Jesus saying, throw your net out one more time. It's the right time. There's a blessing coming. There's a miracle coming. Not even going to be able to be contained. All it takes is obedience. They threw their net on the other side, and there were so many fish, the Bible said their nets broke. They couldn't even bring them all in. Because it was the presence of Jesus that made the difference. What miracle do you need God to do in your life today? It's the right time. You need a healing, you need a financial miracle. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the right time. Jesus brings them all up there like, oh, we thought you were going to eat. They're all rejoicing. The fish, they're all the fish. Keep the fish. Don't let them swim back. Everything's being done. There's chaos. I can see it all happening around Jesus. And they're coming. And they have a great breakfast of fried fish. The Lord starts to talk with Peter. Have you ever found me more than these? These? Yes. All of these fish around us. You were committed to me. I will send you back to you. I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Bible even says the number of fish that they caught 153. When we were in Israel, our guide said, You know, the 153 feet of fish were caught by accident. You know that every word, every number has a word associated with it. 153, you know what that means in the Hebrew? Our guide told us it means who was not Christian. Just a Jewish guide. said, I'll show you in the Hebrew. It means I am Elohim. I was telling them I am God. You never wasted one moment 
that you walked with me into a house and there was a healing. You never wasted one prayer meeting when you had to stay awake, though you were tired in your body. You never wasted one time, hallelujah, when we journeyed to Bethany, hallelujah, and we were late getting there, but Lazarus was raised up. You never wasted not one opportunity, Peter, James, John. It wasn't wasted. It was all about timing. And now is the time. I've not left you hanging. I've not left you in the lurch. We're going to transition the power of the Holy Ghost is coming. I am God. I feel like God would remind some of us in this building today. Jesus. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if you'd stand to your feet this morning. Would you lift your hands and your voices? And would you receive that word from the Lord right now? I'm not going to tarry, God. I'm going to step into my miracle today. Today is the day. This is my moment. This is my season. I'm not going to let anything or anybody talk me out of it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. This is the time to get everything you're desirous of. This is not the time to be sad or to be discouraged. This is not the time to quit or to give up. I am God. I am Elohim. I am nigh unto you. I've come with blessings. I've come with gifts. I've come with my Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, believers. Time to go to the upper room. Go to Jerusalem. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Come on, believers. The upper room is more than just a mental decision to serve the Lord. It's an outpouring of God's love into your life. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
time was right. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit right now. This is your moment. You have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. How will I know? And they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you will lift up your hands and your hearts with hunger and begin to worship God, the Spirit of God will rest upon you. And you will begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Oh, would you lift your hands right now and would you declare His glory? Let the Holy Ghost fall. Let the Holy Ghost fall. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's your season. It's your season to be blessed. To be blessed. That's right. God gave you a promise. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want you to come right down in this area. We're going to clear out some room for you. If you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, but you're like, today is my day, I want you to gather right here in this area. Don't be afraid. This is your moment. Come on, you got to step into your miracle. Come on, my brother. God's going to give you a great gift today. Hey, this is not Black Friday. This is Red Sunday. He covers you with the blood of Jesus. <laughs> oh, this is the greatest gift you can get. This right here is Holy Ghost Zone. Over here, I need to clear an area for everybody that needs a physical healing in their body. I want you to come and gather right here. Now, it may be you'll get some crossover. you probably get healed and get filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time. Right here is Holy Ghost. Over here is healing. So if you need a healing, just come right in this area. We got ministers and prayer workers. We're going to have a, a, an old-fashioned downpour of the Holy Ghost today. Are you ready? Now, over here in this area is where I want you to come if you need a financial miracle. This is probably where the whole church is going to come right here. 
Come on. You need a financial miracle. You say, I'm fixing to throw my net on the other side. I'm going to get more than I bargained for. This is your area. So over here is healing. In the middle is the Holy Ghost. This is the, this is the greatest gift right here you can get. What good does it do to have a bunch of money and lose your soul? What good does it do to have a healed body and lose your soul? You got to have the Spirit of God. Everything flows from His Spirit. So if you've not received the Holy Ghost, come and stand in this area. There's still a bit of a little bit of room down here. We got altar workers that's gonna that's gonna pray for you. And I'm gonna come down there too. And then over here is everybody that needs a physical healing. Raise your hand if you're over here. Brother Richie, you see all them folks? You gonna be able to get to everybody? Alright. We're gonna pray right now. God's gonna God's gonna heal you. Now over here is is where the financial outpouring is gonna come. Everybody over here that's going to get a financial miracle, wave your hand real big. We're not just playing games, y'all. Jesus is in the house. If Jesus is in the house, it's the right time. We've already heard a direct word from God. He said, I'm here to do it. Come. That's what he said, right? Come. So get ready. We're going we're gonna to pray the prayer of faith. The same on all three categories. But I want you to pray specifically for what you want God to do. And God's going to give you that miracle. God's going to pour out His Spirit right here. And God's going to heal right over here in the name of Jesus. You say, how do I receive it? Here's what you do. Hunger. Humility. Hallelujah. That's not hard to remember, is it? You got to hunger. You got to have desire. Humility. You got to be willing to take that step. You're already here. You've demonstrated that. And then, hallelujah, you got to be willing to worship God like it's your last day on the planet. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to leave it all in the altar. We're going to lift our hands and pray the prayer of faith. And when we do, if you're seeking for the Holy Ghost, I want you to pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins. And then, once you ask God to forgive you of your sins, you got to believe that He has forgiven you. And so you say, I receive it. I receive forgiveness. And then it's a really short step to say, I receive your spirit. Because God doesn't have some sort of spiritual lottery where he's like, I'm going to do him and her, but not him and her, not him. That's not the way God works. He pours it out. I mean, it's falling. You got to, it's coming down. You got to be, it's going to hit you on the head. It's not something that you have to go looking. It's a God that's already given it. So all you got to do is say, Lord, I receive it, and begin to worship Him. And as you begin to worship Him, you're going to speak out words that you don't understand. Don't be afraid of that. If it sounds like mumble-jumble, just go with it, because you're going to feel a confirmation. God's not going to also give you His Spirit with the evidence of speaking in time, but you're going to also get joy. Same thing happens too. When we pray for a financial miracle, you're going to get joy. You're going to begin to feel it, even though you may not see the evidence of it yet. You start to thank Him in advance. And then God's going to confirm it. I don't know how it's going to come, but God's going to confirm it. And then over here, oh, hallelujah. Some of you are going to get healed this very morning. Before you leave, there's going to be visible, physical evidence. That you have been in the presence of Elohim. That Jehovah God 
Are you ready? Lift up your hands. By the authority of the Word of God. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I receive my miracle. I thank you for it, God. I exalt you. You are a prayer answering God. You are a healer. You're a deliverer. You can make a way when there seems to be no way. Now would you shout, Hallelujah! 